This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, tonight on uh, Daily Wager, if you did tune in, ESPN 2, Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Um, my best bet was, and still is, the Giants, the first half tonight, minus two and a half. I would jump on that right now. Why? A few things. Number one, Giants are going to be playing the majority of their starters, especially on offense. Daniel Jones expected to go at least a quarter. I don't know. Maybe he goes a half. We'll see. Apparently, Brian Dable wants to see how this offense executes. Uh, if they come out, they're stellar. He likes what he sees. Then maybe uh, Daniel Jones does not play after the first quarter. But of course, it's next man up. And you've got Tyrod Taylor, who knows this offense and performs extremely well uh, as well. I don't believe Saquon Barkley is going to be dressed in starting, but Darren Waller, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Paris Campbell, majority of offensive starters are expected to play tonight, which is really, really exciting because as we know, preseason has been uh, not exciting at all. I mean, and I, I talk about it quite frequently. Uh, head coaches now in the NFL, they value the joint practices, which by the way, Last week, eight teams, four joint practices, eight teams participated. This week, 20 teams, 10 joint practices participated. So there's a, a number of games uh, for preseason week two, and, and, and I'm going to dive into them throughout the show uh, to get you ready for the weekend, Saturday and, of course, Sunday, and then the Ravens looking to extend their preseason streak to 25 straight wins. Unbelievable. Uh, we'll dive into that as well. But tonight, love the Giants. First half, minus two and a half. Uh, again, they're expected to play the majority of their starters. Last I heard, not Saquon Barkley. We'll see. Uh, also on defense, uh, their starters are expected to play as well. And they look good the last game, even though, of course, they lost against the Lions. They walked away with two interceptions. Also, you've got battles happening at the wide receiver position and the quarterback position as well. So really exciting stuff there for the Giants. Excited to see what they can do. I've got the game up here on uh, in, in my studio, so I'll be watching it throughout the show, giving you updates. Uh, I'll stay on, on, on top of the stats as well and keep you posted, locked and loaded there. As for the Carolina Panthers, as we know, they're going to roll with a rookie in Bryce Young. Last week, we saw them go up against the Jets. Uh, he played for three series and only was able to muster 16 yards. So, does not do much for me. Andy Dalton is not expected to play tonight. Miles Sanders is not expected to play tonight. Terrence Marshall is not expected to play tonight. All of them are dealing with injuries. Also, keep in mind, this is a Carolina defense that allowed 14 points in the fourth quarter to the Jets. 14 points. So, uh, the Giants are favored by three in the game. I like the first half. I'm going to roll with the team that I know is going to put their best foot forward. Uh, the better team, I think, with the better roster and, and expecting, again, Daniel Jones to at least play a quarter. Who knows? Maybe more. So that's how I am rolling there. We also have uh, a, a, another game coming your way a little bit later on. And I want to believe kickoff is at 730. Yes, I am correct. And that's the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Atlanta Falcons. What do I like here? Listen, give me the Cincinnati Bengals plus six and a half going up against the Atlanta Falcons uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, the Bengals are three and one against the spread their last four seasons. I think that this spread is a knee-jerk reaction to uh, week one where the Bengals lost to the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love put up 36 points against them. 
So that's why I think this this line in this spread, six and a half in the preseason is a lot, especially for a team that, um, you know, is, is as good as Cincinnati going up against versus a team as Atlanta that I don't expect to be as good as Cincinnati. Granted, no Joe Burrow. He's not going to get the start. He's not going to play tonight. But you have Simeon. You have Browning. They're actually getting their second start tonight. This will be their second preseason game. Uh, also, the Cincinnati Bengals defense are going to play their starters in this series, the fr- at least the first few series, against uh, Ryder and um, Ritter and, uh, and Heineke. So those will be your quarterbacks for Atlanta, and it'll be th- that'll be their first action. They did not play in preseason week one. So I think they're a little bit behind the curve. They will definitely be coming in with some cobwebs. So, and one more thing in researching this matchup, both coaches said that they're not really going to show a lot. So we're going to see a lot of vanilla offense here. I don't think a lot of points are going to be scored. So I think the Bengals will be able to, will be able to keep this close. Uh, good Bengals depth veteran players against a very young Atlanta Falcons team. So, uh, again, a little bit later on at 7.30 in just about 23 minutes, that game kicks off, and I am on Cincinnati getting the 6.5. So we've got two preseason games uh, that uh, will be front and center tonight. We've got a ton, a plethora of on the slate tomorrow afternoon and then into the evening. Um, and then um, and then one on Sunday, you've got the Saints going up against the Chargers. That's Sunday night. And then on Monday night, you've got the Baltimore Ravens going up against Washington. So I have some other plays I'll share with you a little later on in, in the show. I just I wanted to get those out just in case you wanted to get in on that action, considering the Giants are about to kick off momentarily. And of course, the Bengals in Atlanta, they kick off in about uh, 20, 22 minutes. So there is that. We've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, David Sampson, who is the former president of the Miami Marlins, um, now he works for CBS. He's, uh, he's now come to this side um, of, of the table when it comes to sports. And, and uh, he's always opinionated, always great to have on, just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Major League Baseball. And I thought it'd be great to have him on because uh, what's going on with the Yankees? Right uh, now, they're starting a three-game series tonight against the Red Sox, uh, but they are five and one. This will be the seventh time this season that the Yankees will take on the Red Sox. They're five and one. The Red Sox are against the Yankees, and as we know, this is the Yankees team. They are below 500. Very interesting. This is the latest in regard to period of time in a season that the Yankees are below 500. So at, th- at this point in this stage in a season, it has been very few and far between that the Yankees have been below 500 come mid to late August. This is something obviously that we do not see, right? Uh, and, and obviously it is very disturbing as we know that they have lost five straight. So what does that mean for this team, for this organization? Again, a really big reason why I, I wanted uh, David Sampson to join us on the show. By the way, uh, watching the uh, Giants right now, they are just, what's, what's that word, matriculating, right? Is that even a word? I believe it is. Some people use it. I don't. But by the way, uh, we've got Julian and Chantel who are producing the show. Good evening. How are you guys? Hello. Hi. Julian, you there as well? I'm here. Hi. 
you sound really <laughs> i'm here um are you, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have the uh the giants up on your uh in your studio yes we yep. do do you see what's happening here yep okay there's three straight passes three straight passes to darren waller three i'm telling you giants fans buckle up Daniel Jones to Aaron, Darren Waller is going to a, be a thing this season. I am so excited. In fact, I participated in the uh, in the fantasy football marathon mock draft this past. When, when was I there? I was there Monday and Tuesday, and uh, and I selected Darren Waller in the fourth round. Why? Dude's going to be a beast. Dude is if he can stay healthy. But here's the thing. Don't you, don't you say that about every... I mean, this is the NFL. Don't you say that about every player? This is sick. Daniel Jones is just moving the ball down the field. Like, it's just... They haven't, they haven't rushed the... They haven't had a handoff, a, a rush call yet. He's just moving it down the field. He looks great. He is whipping this ball. Exciting. So, um... <laughs> I'm... Sorry, I can't. And, and so three three straight passes to Darren Waller, one to Paris Campbell. I'm really excited to see what he can do. Finally, uh, somewhat of an offensive line. Finally, some weapons for him to work with. I'm excited to see what Daniel Jones can do this season. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we were talking about the Yankees. Uh, they've lost five straight. And I'm I'm. I've been listening to sports talk radio. It's my first time back on, on the airwaves in, in quite a, quite a while. I, I actually, I was off for a week. I went out, I went, I was up in Saratoga and uh, in the Hamptons. So, but listening to sports talk radio, I know there's a lot of Yankee fans out there that are just beside themselves, very frustrated, calling for Cashman's job, calling for Booney's job. Totally understand uh, all the reasons why, right? Um, as the Yankees are sitting here right now at 60 and 61, could this be a losing season for the Yankees? It very well could be. And if, if that does happen, it would be the first losing season for Brian Cashman. This team looks old. They look unathletic. Um, injury riddled, especially with the rotation this season and Aaron judge. Obviously, a slew of games that they lost while Aaron Judge was on IL because of the injury that he suffered to the toe. So a very disappointing season, especially for a team that, uh, what, second highest payroll in Major League Baseball? Uh, look what happened with the Mets. Is what, look, th- just marinating that for a minute. You've got, you've got a Yankees and a Mets team here in New York City. You know, highest payrolls in, in Major League Baseball. And there's a chance that really neither of them will make it to the postseason. So I thought it'd be great to get David on. We'll talk some Major League Baseball. As a former executive, what does he think about the job that Brian Cashman has done? What does he think the Giants, the Giants, I'm watching the Giants, and Darren Waller with another reception. Uh, What does he think that the Yankees need to do moving forward? Keep in mind, Brian Cashman signed a a new four-year deal this past winter I know Yankee fans are are clamoring for him to go. I just, I don't think he goes anywhere. Booney still owed $2.75 million. Is that something that how, that he wants to eat? I don't think so. 800-919-3776. We'll open up the phone lines. Also, dear friend of mine, Ben Ruta, former 
Yankee, spent a lot of time in the minors, had a few cups of coffee up here in the majors, uh, made some uh, headlines this week, went on a podcast and said a few things that he's actually communicated here on 98.7 ESPN with me for the last several months. And really the biggest thing that really stood out was the commitment of two analytics for this Yankees front office and how he feels that that is the biggest reason why this Yankees team is, is struggling and, and, and will continue to struggle because of how the minors have been handled in not being able to develop some really outstanding homegrown talent. Uh, when we come back, I'll take your calls. Also, I want to play that clip of Ben Ruda and the conversation I had with him in regard to all that he feels is wrong with this organization. We'll do all of that next, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, Bellinger scored the touchdown. Uh, But Daniel Jones, Darren Waller, three receptions, 30 yards, his longest of 18. Daniel Jones, eight of nine, 69 yards and a touchdown. Bellinger got the touchdown, though. There's no denying the chemistry and what we're seeing created between Daniel Jones and Darren Waller is really, really exciting. By the way, time now for a leaderboard update presented by Glenn Fittich. Uh, You've got the BMW second leg of the FedEx Cup tournament championship, however you want to call it. Max Holm at the top leaderboard right now at 10 under. Data Golf gives him a 36.4% chance of winning this bad boy. Chris Kirk at eight under. Brian Harmon at seven, along with Fitzpatrick. Scotty Scheffler at five under with Rory and Ricky Fowler. What a season Ricky Fowler is having. And Justin Rose and Harris English. Cantlay is at four under, along with uh, Shoffley. Sunjay M at four under as well. Hovland at three under. Keep in mind, you've got the top 50 in the world partaking in this, of course, who continue to play on the PGA Tour. Again, your leaderboard update brought to you by Glenn Fittich Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, the world's most awarded uh, single malt scotch whiskey. Skillfully crafted, enjoy responsibly. Uh, ABV, 40% alcohol by volume. 2023, imported by William Grant & Sons, New York, New York. So again, talking some Major League Baseball, David Sampson is going to be joining us uh, in the next uh, 10 minutes. So stay tuned for that. But before we do, I want to play a clip. Ben Ruta, former Yankee, spent a lot of time in the minors. Join me now. This was over a month ago 
maybe maybe almost two months ago, he was on with me here at 98.7 ESPN talking about the issues and the problems that the Yankees have in the farm system and why there's just not more homegrown talent that's strutting their stuff up here in the bigs. I wanted to replay a few clips for you prior to bringing David on. So again, let's listen in. This is Ben Ruta with me about over a month ago. Explain when Lawson came in in 2018, what changes were made that you feel negatively affected the organization, Ben? Yeah, so basically when I got drafted, it was one version of the Yankees. And then halfway through my career turned into the analytics, um, what kind of the product you're seeing on the field now. So it was a direct 180. When I started, it was, I mean, the Yankees had by far the best coaching staff in the minor leagues. It wasn't even close. There were, most of these organizations, they'll have 10, maybe 12 coaches in total with major league playing experience. When I started, the Yankees had 30, 40, and all they taught was baseball. Baseball, and then it slowly started changing, and once they swallowed that analytics pill, it went completely Pretty much, I wouldn't say 100% analytics, zero baseball, but as close to that as you can get. Um, and it was slow at first, and then eventually all those coaches that I started with, I mean, I don't think there was one left. Uh, I think I might know like two coaches left out of you know the 60 coaches that when I started, which is a crazy turnover. Yeah, a, a crazy turnover. What? What? And and so you know, why? Why do you feel that the Yankees decided to to go a different route? Um, was it because there were other teams in Major League Baseball that were following that formula that they felt, wow, these teams are having success, so that's what we have to do? Why do you feel the change was made in 2018? Yeah, I think. Uh... I think they got caught up in it is is what happened and the first success in analytics came on the pitching side which they tried to put that on the hitting side but i always tell people and a lot of uh players have this conversation you can't you can teach a guy to throw the ball the same way every time because he can control that hitting is a very is reactionary you don't know what's coming you don't know the the location of the pitch um so the whole analytics of it it doesn't go as far in all the biomechanics and all this stuff that you know they're teaching it doesn't work the same as the pitching and i think that was the expectation because the yankees were putting out pitchers and uh getting guys that weren't having great careers and they would come here and they would uh they would kind of change their repertoire and it would work really well so they figured oh let me do this for the hitting and it just doesn't work like that so, so pretty much you're saying is analytics uh, somewhat successful when it comes to, to Major League Baseball pitchers, but not so much when it comes to um, trying to, to help hitters and, and in regard to a, a lineup. So really, when Lawson came in 2018, a lot of Major League Baseball coaches who had Major League Baseball experience then left. Um, I would believe that a lot of them followed Derek Jeter and went to Miami and some other locations. And, and those that came in were analytics guys from NASA is from, from what I understand, right? Like who've I mean, never, we're who've getting never guys from, yes, you're getting guys from all over the place. They're hiring, they were hiring people off Twitter that had, that had 
blast motion and all these certifications. Guys with no experience, which, I mean, it's not to say there's not a, a part in the game for analytics. I think some of them are good, but there's also a part in the game for people that played and that have knowledge and stuff that you can't see, that you can't just see on a on a iPad. Um, and they completely got rid of that. And, I mean, I can totally get into, like, what the Yankees like farm system, minor and major league, what like the analytics they look at, and you'd be you wouldn't be shocked as to what you see on the field because of this. Please, Ben, like I'm sure there's a, a number of Yankee fans out there listening right now that are, are really intrigued by our conversation. So please elaborate. So the main analytic the Yankees use is this thing called hit effects OPS. So. What that does is it takes out the defense and it takes all your launch angles, it takes all your exit velos, and it gives you a projected OPS on that ball in play, which in theory sounds good because it takes away bad luck. So if you line out and the guy catches it, it's no longer an out in this sense. It's a line, it's a line drive, which is kind of like what you're, you're looking for. So if you get robbed, you get rewarded in theory. But what it doesn't take into account is strikeouts. So if you're a guy that puts the ball in play a lot and say you put it in play softly instead of striking out and you get a hit, you actually get penalized. So you're better off to get a higher hit effect OPS. You're better off striking out than hitting a weak single with two strikes, which to me makes no sense. Um, And that's kind of the main stat that was always used in the majors and minors. Like my year in 2018, I got sent down from double A. My traditional stats that fans look at, you know, batting average, doubles, stolen bases, whatever. You know, I was hitting over 300 with 200 at bats, but the reasoning when I got sent down was that my real OPS was way higher than my hit effects OPS, aka they thought I was getting, they said I was getting lucky, which to me, I feel like we were just playing baseball. And if you have 200 at bats, but I mean, conversation for another day, but that's the stat they use and it's certainly flawed. Ben, thank you so much for spending some time with us and giving us some insight uh, in regard to this hitting coach change. And uh, it's, it's so insightful and it's so informative and please know how much we appreciate you. Yeah, for sure. I also would uh, anticipate the Yankees making big changes this off season throughout the minor league coaching staff, because pretty much every coach there is a, uh, is the same uh, theories as kind of were brought in with Lawson. So I, I figured if they're doing that, they're probably going to change that as well. So maybe all the NASA guys going back to NASA. Yeah, I wasn't too focusing happy on on, on space travel. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was telling you I wasn't too happy when a guy from NASA told me I wasn't allowed to use the T anymore. I can't even. So, what was your response to him when he when he said that to you? I don't know if it's uh, safe to say on the radio. Oh, okay, um, yeah, it's a family. It's I, a family program. Let's be told, let's tread lightly. I basically told him to go get the tea because okay. it was hidden. So. <laughs> Again, Ben, thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Again, Ben Ruda with me, and that was back uh, mid-July. Him and I had that conversation right here on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. Uh, and then he was on a podcast uh, this week, and and that went viral. So, uh, you know, we were notified this when Lawson was 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 let go. But 
you know, really unbelievable, a real big peek behind the curtain. That's for sure. Uh, How does David Sampson feel about this? Uh, What does he feel the Yankees need to do to right this ship? We'll talk to him next, and we'll continue with your calls. Tommy and Jose, hang tight. Anita Marks in for Dan Grasso tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. President of the Florida Miami Marlins, and always great having him on to talk some Major League Baseball. David, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Anita? I'm fantastic. Can't wait. Uh, Giants looking good right now, up 7-0 against the Carolina Panthers. As we know, (laughs) the NFL will be here before we know it. So, you know me. Um, Always happy during football season. Always happy, period, but happier during football season. Uh, It's like giving a third-inning score of a spring training game. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. Especially now how... uh, Coaches and, and teams value those joint practices more than they do these stupid preseason games. But nonetheless, let's talk some Yankees. Uh, ben Ruda is a, a dear friend of mine, former minor leaguer, and made the news this week. He was on with me about uh, mid-July talking about the Yankees' minor league system. And I had him on when Lawson was was fired. And pretty much what he had communicated, and I just I, I replayed that clip for our listeners, David. Uh, he said that when he first became uh, a part of the Yankees minor league system, there were about thirty or forty coaches there that had major league baseball experience. And immediately, uh, when Lawson was hired in two thousand eighteen, majority of those coaches were fired, and they just brought in all these analytic guys. And they brought in some guys who work for NASA. They hired some guys off of Twitter. And he feels that, you know, that's a big reason why the Yankees are struggling right now and and why for the last few years they have not been able to really um, develop some homegrown talent. What what are your thoughts in in regard to how analytics plays a role in Major League Baseball, specifically with the Yankees? Well, I actually covered this quite a bit on my show, Nothing Personal. So I want to give you a few points here. Number one, when a hitting coach is brought in, that part of the deal is that you want that hitting coach's philosophy, which you've bought into because you've hired him. You want that philosophy to be all through the minor league system. So it is very normal when there's a change at the top, that that leads to change throughout your, your system and replacing coaches. So that is not out of the ordinary. If they made a mistake in terms of what is being taught, how it's being taught and the people who are doing the teaching, that's a different story. But in terms of the turnover, I'm not as concerned about that. In terms of. Oh, no, we just lost David. Um, So, guys, if you can, please, uh, please try to get him back on Um, again. and, And let me let me do this while we're waiting. Let me call up because the Yankees are in action right now. Um, And Red Sox are up for nothing. Um, against the Yankees. So uh, Brito on the bump. He hasn't even gotten out of the second inning. He's given up four hits, uh, four runs, uh, a home run, and only one strikeout. So right now, top of the second, Yankees are already down against the Boston Red Sox 4-0. Do we have David back on, guys? (laughs) You there? Technology, Anita. I haven't moved. 
So are you driving? No, no. I'm I'm in studio. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. We're live. But I'm yeah, not moving, so, I promise you. No, no, I hear you. So so we lost you when you said you understand when when a when a new person is hired, he is then in control. He brings in his own people. Well, right? it's not just his own people. It's actually you hire people who are going to teach what the hitting coach wants taught throughout the system. So when players are moving through the system, they're all doing the same thing. And that's very, very normal and natural. The other point that you said he made was about why development hasn't worked and they're not enough good young players. The Yankees were famous for promoting their own players in a way that people inside baseball didn't believe, but they did it for both PR and to try to get better trades. So they would say that their young players were always really good, but they really weren't always very good, and they didn't fool any of the baseball executives out there. But I get why they tried. We said the same thing to our minor league people. Hey, when you talk about our own players, talk them up. Don't say that they stink. Say that they're great in case we want to trade them. So that's one side. The second side is the Yankees' payroll. Look at why the Yankees aren't winning right now. They're not getting production from people who are being paid $10, 20 $30 million. It's not really a major issue. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> all right, let's do this, guys. Uh, let's, because I, I, I truly believe David has some really, really great things to say. Um, so let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Let's try to get him on a different line. Uh, and, and we'll continue this conversation. 800-919-3776 as well if you want to get in on the conversation as well. Anita Marks in for Dan Grassa tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Later, David Sampson joins us here. Hopefully third time is a charm. David, again, uh, welcome in. I know we're talking about uh, the Yankees and their struggles this season. Below 500, uh, potentially first time in Brian Cashman's tenure that uh, this team could possibly finish below 500 at the end of the season so with that being said I, I wanted to specifically bring you on to to talk about the analytics and in the criticism that their analytics department has taken um in in this past week i i think it's not warranted the yankees have a a payroll and they are just not getting production from the players who need to produce at the numbers they're getting paid and you can blame Aaron Boone, you can blame Brian Cashman, but think about the stat you just gave, which is he hasn't had a season below 500. It's the second longest streak in history behind only the Yankees way back when. And so this was bound to happen at some point. Is it painful? Yes. Is it disappointing? Of course. Are people angry? I get it. But, man, Brian Cashman's going to the Hall of Fame. And, yes, he's won the World Series only once since '09. But come on, let's not overreact, though I do agree changes need to be made, but let's not forget the success that the Yankees have had for a very long period of time. Do you feel based on, again, I, I know what Ben Ruda said, it, it went viral, I'm, I'm sure you're very well aware, like, is, is that the norm in regard to baseball now, like, where you've got baseball coaches that don't have a lot of baseball experience and it's 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 more about brainiacs and and the analytics is is that 
more the norm? Like, are the are, are the Yankees part of what really is the major the, the majority and not the minority in Major League Baseball, David? Yeah, it really is the majority, and that's one of the things that uh, we fought, fought about a lot was how much would we rely on analytics? And I always believed it should be a part of what you do, but you still need your eyes, you need your ears, and having your calculator matters, but you have to use it in conjunction with all the other tools. And I promise you the Yankees are not using 100% analytics. No team is. I promise you they're not using 100% non-analytics, but no team is doing that either. But we're looking for blame, and that's really what what really Ben was saying, and it's too general what he said. Partially, it's true that there are people coaching, there are people giving advice to coaches who have zero on-field experience. That is true, but the Yankees are one of 30 teams to do that. So... And, and, you know, we, we talk about Cashman, as you could only imagine, David, the number of Yankee fans that have been calling in, not, um, I'm sure, not to just 98.7 ESPN, but uh, across the country, wanting Cashman, wanting Boone gone. Cashman just signed a new deal, four years, this past winter. And as you said, yeah. in, in 1999, I mean, in, in, uh, in 2018, 100 wins. 2019, 103 wins. 2022, last year, 99 wins. So the track record is there, you know, for what, what would be your message to Yankee fans right now listening who feel like, oh, Cashman's got to go? I think that a change needs to be made only because it's hard to have the same voice for that long. And so one of the things I was thinking about is as a Yankee fan, I understand the need for change, but I think Yankee fans, and again, this was something from nothing personal, where you, wherever you find your podcast. But think about Hal Steinbrenner, who's trying so hard not to be his father. George Steinbrenner never would have kept Brian Cashman this long, would have lost patience, fired him, fired Boone way years ago. Hal, on the other hand, is so busy trying not to be George that he's gone too far. And he so badly doesn't want to make changes because he doesn't want to be looked at as that way. But I think now's the time. I think now's the time to get a different voice in the dugout. It's a time to get a different voice in the front office. But you're likely not going to replace both in the same year. That's too much change. So I think it would make sense if Boone, one or the other, is let go. And if I were to bet, I would bet on Boone because I think that something has to happen. And I love Aaron, but Aaron doesn't look like himself. He doesn't sound like himself. He sounds and looks miserable. And I know that losing can do that to you, but it's, uh, it may be time. But the real issue for Yankees fans is can they move some pieces in order to gain some production? And you may have to pay down salaries. You may need to eat some money. But are you willing to move out some veteran pieces and try with better productive pieces next year? You know, Buster Olney, as as you know, I'm I'm with ESPN, obviously. Uh, Buster Olney was on ESPN, and and made an interesting point that this is a, a Yankees team that looks old and unathletic, and that the new <laughs> rules don't cater to teams that are old and unathletic. Do you agree or disagree with that notion? I totally disagree. It's like saying that your team is flat 
when you get no hit. And, uh, of course, you look flat when you're not getting hits. It's like saying your team has no energy when they get shut out. Of course, your team looks like it has no energy when it's not hitting. And right now, the Yankees are simply not hitting. Their starting pitching is not good enough. They've had to overcome injuries and other issues, and they just don't have the depth that is required to overcome it. This is just not their year, and the 500 streak is going to end. They're not going to make the playoffs. And before you know it, it'll be spring training. And February is soon. It's already August. Six months from now, there'll be a new season. So my message to Yankees fans, much like my message to Cardinals fans, this is a bad year, but you've been blessed with a really good century so far. So we'll see in six months. David Sampson joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Before we let you go, let's look big picture, right? In the American League, how about those Orioles, right? Unbelievable. Uh, at the Amazing. top of the American, it's really uh, at the top of the American League East, the Rangers have been terrific, especially as of late. I don't think anybody could stop Atlanta. Um, you know, as, as we get closer and closer, of course, to, to the postseason and, and the wild card race in full effect, um, you know, who, who are you really feeling that's peaking right now that you feel really confident about as we get closer to the postseason, David? Well, preseason, Anita, I picked the Braves, the Astros to beat the Braves in the World Series. At the All-Star break, I changed it to the Braves beating the Astros in the World Series, and I'm probably going to stick to that. I think they are the two best teams. It's hard to topple the Astros. They have such experience under the big bright lights. And the Braves, I don't know how you beat them four times out of seven. I don't think they can be, although in the postseason anything can happen. But as far as the Orioles are concerned, I hope you're watching them. They're young and they're cheap and their window's open and their schedule is now. And they were willing to rebuild. They've been horrible for a period of years. But like the Astros, who lost 100 games like three years in a row, the Orioles did the same. And now they're winning with young, really good talent and their farm system's good. It is the union's nightmare that the Orioles and the Rays are this good, and it's the nightmare for the union that the Padres, the Mets, and the Yankees, the top three payrolls, are going to likely miss the playoffs because owners look at that and say, what do I need to spend money to lose? That makes no sense. Yeah, it's unbelievable, right? And the Orioles, I want to say, what, uh, second lowest payroll in Major League Baseball and the number one farm system. I was reading the other day. And so this is only, this is just the beginning. Watch out. This is a franchise that really could do some things in the next coming years. So yeah, it, you it have is, to it be is willing to lose, right? That's you the thing. Gashman and the Yankees. Trust the process. They've never Trust lost. Trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Trust the process as it bleeds over from the NBA to major league baseball. David, you rock. Always so thrilled when you can join us, my friend. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great night. Thank you. Have a great day. You got Bye-bye. it. Make sure you listen into his podcast um, wherever you do find your podcast. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, welcome in. Hey, good evening, Anita. Shout out to the company. I definitely wanted to call in and pretty much give you so much props because I still remember that interview uh, that, that you had with Ben. Um, in mid-July, and it's pretty much what has caught, been the death of the argument of the Yankee analytics working. I know that they won 100 games, you know, the last few seasons, 
But that wasn't I, – I, I can't truly always – as a person that used to play baseball, I can't just base that on, you know, giving sole credit to numbers. There was talent that we had, and it was, it, it was clear that, you know, the roster construction, you know, was bit lacking over the, over the last couple of years. So to see all of this now with, you know, it getting attention when they go under 500, it's something that a lot of the smart baseball fans have known for a while. And I do thank you for, you know, always being on that cutting edge ahead of people's thoughts. So thank you again. Oh, that's that's uh, kind words, Jose. Really do appreciate the call. Uh, thank you. And, and again, I think David... Uh, for calling in as well. Let's have the conversation. 800-919-3776. You know, I, I am, I'm someone who I don't, I don't rarely do I go to the table and say, this guy's got to go. This guy's got to be fired. When, when I have in the past, I always come with a new name. All right, this guy's got to go. And I think we should hire this guy. Another reason I don't, I don't, I don't like to, to, you know, call out people to be, to be fired um, is when that happens, it's, it's a chain reaction. It's not just that one general manager. It's not just that coach. It's a slew of people. It's, it's, it's a lot. A lot happens. The ripple effect is, is big. It's large. And so I, I tend to not do that. But I do want to go through the judgment has made the last two years and where I think he has gone wrong. Okay, I want to do that. And curious to get your thoughts after our conversation with David Sampson. Do you do you feel differently about Brian Cashman right now? Eight hundred one nine three seven seven six. Nina Marks with you. Ninety eight point seven ESPN.